Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. The Parting Shots Podcast is brought to you by Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Downloaded today, available for iOS and Android users in your app store. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Now available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe today. On this edition, we'll look back at last weekend's Route 7 college hockey rivalry games between RPI and Union. And we'll also look ahead to the Dutchman's non-conference games this weekend at Canisius. We'll have the Union men's hockey coach Rick Bennett's press conference from Wednesday. We'll also have Union women's coach Josh Skiba on to discuss the Dutch women opening ECAC hockey play on Friday. Union beat writer Mike McGadden joins me now. And Mike... Union's long national nightmare is <laughs> over. They won Saturday night at RPI a two to one game and uh, very impressive in that. Victory. You know they tried on a Halloween costume, a winning hockey team, and it fit them pretty well on Saturday <laughs> night. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a departure from you know the rest of the season so far. Uh, but you know, to their credit, they played. It was a two one score, but they played very well from start to finish, which was a big part of you know why they were able to finally pull one of these out. And that effort from Saturday was a carryover from the third period on Friday. I mean, they didn't, Union did not play well the first two periods, and and then, but but they played better in the third, and that seemed to carry over. Yeah, um, and specifically um, the the line center by freshman Owen Ferris and and the wingers Josh Kosak and senior Zach Amelophone, um they really had an eye opening shift in the middle of the third period on uh, Friday, where they were just. Crashing the forecheck, cycling the puck, long possession. I think um, uh, Malafone, one of them, I, th- I can't remember which one, but one of them actually double shifted there. And really, it, w- it was something to behold, something we really haven't seen for long stretches out of this team all year. And they picked up right where they left off. And it, I think the rest of the team really fed off of it on Saturday. And that's the way they want to play. And that's how they need to play. They're never going to blow anybody's socks off. They're never going to have any blowouts or laughers this year, I don't believe. Um, so that means they have to grind and they have to, you know, just pound away in puck possession and keep it simple and quick passing. You know, Rick Bennett said this week that we're faster when we pass better and more. That makes you faster as a team. So it had nothing to do with skating foot speed. Yeah, so. I mean, this team is not, doesn't have any – Goal scorers like uh, Daniel Carr or Mike Vecchio. No, no, yeah. right. No, and nor should they expect, you know, maybe somebody like Sanda eventually, if he's, he's still here as a junior, could be somebody like that um, uh, just from a skating ability uh, standpoint. But really, the, the way they played on Saturday is the way they need to play all the time. And it's not a light switch that you can just flick on and off and suddenly, lo and behold, you know, wave a magic wand and you're playing like that. It takes – hard work and determination and coordination and, and everybody on the same page. The one thing uh, Rick said at his uh, press conference Wednesday, and you'll hear that press conference coming a little bit later, was the fact that the team, I mean, you would think they'd be celebrating this victory. And he says, what is, what is one, of the, uh, one of the most quiet bus rides back from RPI ever? Yeah, the word he used was draining. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, that kind of illustrates how difficult a road it's going to be for this team. You know, but to their credit, too, that they weren't celebrating and blasting music and acting like they just won the Stanley Cup or anything like that. Um, so I think there was some relief. Um, there was also some realization 
you know, that it's not hard to figure out. They're still a one and seven hockey team. And one game is not going to turn the, you know, not going to turn things around uh, in a heartbeat like that. So they still have a long grinding uphill battle. Um, uh, so I, I thought that was interesting, but it also makes sense in retrospect that, that they weren't like jumping for joy and, and you know, get, you know, just overreacting. I mean, Melophone, are you seeing a growth in this in him uh, in his career here at Union? You know, the last couple of years, I always thought he was like kind of the checking four check guy that would would hit somebody. Like if you heard a loud crash into the boards, usually he was on the business end of it. Um, he was kind of that kind of player. Um, not somebody that you would you know really be an eye opener from us from an offensive skill standpoint. Um, more of a grinder and a hitter and an energy guy that, yeah, exactly. that real and you need guys like that. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's you know people say effort is a skill or energy is a skill and it is and uh, um, so the the Saturday game you know the the second goal that he scored um, and Dave Smith wasn't exactly putting that one up in the um, you know the Hall of Fame of highlight real goals and was actually critical of his own team for for getting a little soft and, and not, you know, marking guys and kind of getting complacent was the word he used in a non-threatening uh, uh, scenario, which allowed a mail phone to kind of get free run toward the crease and had made a nifty little tip to get it between Owen Savory's legs for the second goal. Um, so he's going to bring that. I, I, I like the fact that he's on a line with Kosak, who I think is a very hard worker, and Owen Ferris is a big size guy who, um, you know, Kind of, kind of will, will be in the middle and and uh, you know kind of direct things, but you know I think that this line's always going to be sort of like a grinding line. But again, that's maybe the kind of line that that will, could be productive for this team, or certainly a line that that Union um, should, could rely on based on what they did last weekend. Well, one player that did not see Saturday's games was uh, sophomore defenseman Ryan Sidorsky. Uh, why did that happen? Well, I asked Rick about that, and that was really notable because I know they were high on him last year because he's a very steady stand-up defenseman, positional, good size. You know, he was on the PK a lot last year because he had the long stick and the long reach and everything and and actually was their rookie of the year. I don't know if it was an official end-of-year award, you know, what they probably was. Um, and then I think um, – as Rick described a little bit, you know, as you, as you get into your sophomore year, you try to get outside of your comfort zone and do a little bit more. And, you know, he didn't specifically say this, but I think of a lot of the odd man rushes, the two-on-ones that they had Friday night, you know, Ryan Sidorsky might have been responsible for some of that. So they benched him on Saturday. <clears throat> I fully expect him to be back in there this weekend, not because he's from Williamsville, New York, which um, – I'm very a town I'm very familiar with in Buffalo, and not very far from Canisius College at all. So I know his family. I suspect uh, many of his family and friends will be there because Rick isn't the sentimental type when it comes to stuff like that. But he's a really good player for them, and they and they like him. And I think you know having a city game was probably a smart move, just to get him kind of retargeted on the things he's good at, and not trying to get too far out of the box. Well, speaking of Buffalo, as you mentioned, uh, Union goes up to Canisius for two games. Uh, starting Friday night, 7.30, and then 4 o'clock Saturday afternoon at uh, Harbor Center in Buffalo. Canisius, 0-3 uh, on the season. and it would, you know, Normally you would think uh, Union should win these two games, but of course last year it was a tie and a win at, at Messerink. I mean, even though 
Union really can't take this uh, game, these games lightly. Of course not. Um, nobody in their position can take anybody lightly. That said, it's a pretty ugly 0-3 because it's not only 0-3, but they've been you know, pretty much demolished in all three games, including 7-2 to Archive. Granted, they had to go on the road and play North Dakota in a couple games, and they got smoked out there too. But um, Union has to be careful coming off a win and flush with victory, blah, blah, blah. That um, And, you know, I brought this up with a couple of guys this week, and they were like, I, we didn't even know what Canisius' record was. It was probably a good thing because if they study it a little bit, they might get a little, uh, you know, I don't know, cocky might be too strong of a word. It's one and seven, <laughs> yeah. but you can kind of like, you know, do the, the math in your head and, and envision a scenario and get ahead of yourself and something they have to be very careful. The, the word Rick or the phrase Rick used was, you know, but no one around here is ordering any convertibles right now, which I think is probably a total Rick Bennett throwback to a bygone area era when a convertible was the car that you bought when you got your shining bonus. <laughs> I picture like yeah. tail fins and you know, um, you know yeah. that kind of thing in, in his uh, little a little red Corvette, his, right? His his, his uh, culture world that yeah. uh, he he leans on every once in a while. But how important is this? Are these games because you know if they win two games, they're all of a sudden on a three-game winning streak, feeling good about themselves when they get back to ECAC hockey play next weekend against uh, Clarkson and St. Lawrence. I think it's huge for them. They need to keep this ball rolling. I mean, if if they don't come out of this weekend with like three, you know, not points, but you know, maybe a tie and a win, it's going to be reverting back to like when they they played Northeastern pretty tough and lost a couple two-one games. And they saw progress from that, but then they got absolutely run off the rink uh, in two games against UMass, and they universally were describing that as, you know, it looked like we made progress and this was a step back. So, you know, the the standards are different considering the opponent this weekend, nothing against Canisius, but I think they really need to uh, make a good showing just in how they play, but also winning this weekend because otherwise it's going to be another step back that they simply can't afford right now. You take away the BU game and the UMass game, the old, the old, those games have been one-goal games. They've had five one-goal games, um, and only, uh, needless to say, only one of them went in their favor. Uh, so they're not getting blown out all the time. I mean, they, they, those other three games they did, but um, so – this is how it was going to be from the get-go. We all knew this, and now we're seeing it firsthand that things are going to be difficult. Everything is going to be hard for this team. You know, if they get in one-goal games, they need to figure out how to win them because, you know, in low-scoring games, they need to figure out how to win those too because, you know, they're like I said before, they're not going to we're not going to be seeing too many laughers uh, no matter how many games they win this yeah. year. Well, if you want to. Uh, listen to or watch the uh, games this weekend. The only way you're going to be doing it is a web video via Flow Hockey TV. There is no web audio. Uh, this year, Union decided, the Athletics decided not to uh, send uh, Matt Dubray and Brian Unger on the road. Now, they didn't even send them to the uh, RPI game, which I think is really outlandish that they don't want, didn't want to spend some money to send those guys over to Detroit. They'll be at the Mayor's Cup. That's their only quote-unquote road game, but uh, uh, there you have it. So it's, that's the only way you're going to be able to you know, catch the games this weekend. Uh, with Canisius. So uh, coming up, we'll have Union uh, men's hockey coach Rick Bennett's press conference from Wednesday. We'll also have uh, Union's, um, because we mentioned we'll have Josh give a little bit. You're listening to the Party Shots podcast, available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe today.
Hi, this is Hunter Moffat, founder and CEO of Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Our app is a community connecting like-minded athletes, families, and sports affiliates for their specific needs. Positive form of social media designed for long-term success. We have a template for users to easily curate, track, record, and grow their statistics and social multimedia content in one digital profile. Create, connect, and promote your brand. Think Instagram for athletes. Notable Trophy Case team members include Ron Jaworski, former NFL quarterback and founder of Jaws Youth Playbook, who says, Throughout my success in the sports world, I believe Trophy Case can bring value to many different levels of athletes and unrepresented sports. This platform will level the playing field for athletes at the beginning of their career with technology for generations to come. You can download the Trophy Case app and the Apple Store and Google Play. Send us your feedback. Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Get it today. Back on the Party Shots podcast, along with Mike McAdam, I'm Ken Schott. Union coach Rick Bennett met the media on Wednesday in preparation for this weekend's games at Canisius and review the RPI games. Here's what he had to say. What's the uh, mood like? You got the win starting out against RPI. I mean, is it, is it sense, was there a sense of relief uh, this week with, with the team inside that locker room? Yeah, I mean, it was obviously, uh, it was actually a really probably the quietest bus ride after a win at RPI that we've ever had. And I think a lot had to do with it. It was so draining. And they realized how hard you have to work to get a win. And, like, that's, I think that's what they learned the most. And the energy has been has been good. They have probably the two best Monday and Tuesday practices back-to-back since. And... Hope we can build on it today. So what kind of things do you need to pull out of that game and replicate to, to be successful? Well, I think we need to to maintain our, our you know our speed. I thought we were uh, every bit as fast as them. I'm not saying we're faster. I'm just saying we were every bit as faster or fast as them. And I didn't quite see that um, in the UMass games. I thought RPI was a step faster than us the first night, but not the second. And we need to, to maintain that consistently from night to night. Is that when you refer to fast, is it not just foot speed, but also fast decision making and that kind of stuff? Fast of mind, fast uh, with your, you know, passing. Passing makes you faster. That's why we work on it so much here. Um, at, and. It's it's getting better, but we're far from far from there, and I think that's really going to help us going going forward. Can you take any lessons from two years ago when you started off 0 and 5, but yet you still finished with a 21 win season to kind of keep the message to the guys that okay, it's been a tough start, but it's one month, right? Yeah, I we haven't brought it up. I'm not going to bring it up. You know, I'm sure during the lull that I think they're smart enough to know that during the lull how tough it was and if you want to go back to that then we'll go back to how we were playing if you enjoy that feeling that you had on Saturday night then that's how you're going to play you know as consistently as possible the rest of the way through have you been able to pinpoint what what was different from the second RPI game and the first that made you guys so successful I, I, I just thought there was a different uh, in, intensity with the team, it was quiet. Instead of you know, and, and and everyone gets ready differently. 
but there was just a different different feel. They were more intense, and they were. It just felt like they weren't going to come out of that building with a loss. Uh, we made a system adjustment uh, for the second night, which we felt really helped us. So I give all the credit to the players for, you know, for adapting to that system, and that's and that's what you know it really helped a ton. Is that system? So that system worked for you guys. Are you guys keeping that moving on? We will. We will add, add to, add to it. You know, within that certain area. Uh, before you ask me that question, no, I'm not going to tell you. So you guys just have to figure it out uh, as we go along. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what can you tell us about Canisius? And you guys aren't exactly in the position to be overconfident, but you have to worry about them looking at Canisius's record and and thinking maybe this is going to be some slam dunks this weekend. Well, Judge, based on the practices that we've had, I haven't sensed any overconfidence, and nor should we. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know uh, if we should be ordering the uh, convertibles just yet at 1-7. and seven. So uh, we got a lot of work to do here you know, to get better. And it starts in practice. So from what I've seen from two days uh, and, and our staff, it's been good. So... Let's just try to keep it in that direction. How important is it to build all that momentum from the RPI win? You know, go up there, take two for Canisius, and get back in the ECAC play with a three-game winning streak. You know, yeah, it'd be great. I mean, obviously we'd like those, those, those tallies at the end of the day, but to me it's just more important today. And then we'll worry about Thursday getting up there and preparing for Friday. They will be prepared, uh, just like they have been all along. And... Hopefully they retain it and we apply it to Friday night. But there's by far, there's no, we're just going to win one game up there and then the next and get on the bus and come home. The enemy has a say in every battle, so we've we've got to be ready. Ryan Sidorsky didn't play on Saturday. Was that a sit-down or was that a physical issue? No, that'd be, a, as you call it, a sit-down. So he had a sit-down. <laughs> never, never heard that term, but we'll call it a sit-down. We just felt that, that Ryan needed to see the game in a different light and take, take a step back, have a breather, uh, get back to his game. Um, and once he does, he's a, he's a top four defenseman for us, just like he was last year. What was he doing that was out of his game? I just thought he was, he, he was a high risk, let's just say low reward. Uh, and that we didn't see that last year in his game. Towards you know, when, I mean, he was our our rookie of the year for a reason. He was steady. He was tough to play against. Really hard. And I haven't quite seen that this this past year. And until we see it, he'll get you know, all through practice. Then he'll get in the game. We don't see it. He's going to be in section P. Is he pressing? Is he pressing? Probably. In a little bit, but you know, he. I think he's just trying to find out what what works for him and what what doesn't. And sometimes you go in your sophomore year, you try to do a little more and then a little more. And at this time, we don't need that. We just need him to play his solid game. Well, Mike, we touched on a lot of Rick, what Rick had to say about uh, last week's games and cases. Yep. What uh, any further you want to add to that? No, nah, not really. Um, uh, other than the fact that they, you know, like I said before, they really need to make a good showing against this team. Kind of forget about who the opponent is. Keep playing the way 
you know, assembling the stuff that worked from the Saturday game against RPI and kind of apply that template to every opponent they face going forward. And, you know, if you're playing somebody like Canisius, uh, that ought to spit out a victory at the other end. Maybe some of the better teams they play, that won't necessarily be the case, but they really need to kind of to stick that, to that kind of game because uh, it's the only way they're really going to have any success this year. Well, coming up, we have Union Women's Head Coach Josh Skiba. As the Dutch women get set to begin ECAC hockey play, you're listening to the Party Shots Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe today. Hey, pro football fans. It's time again to match wits with other pro football fans and win a prize by playing the Daily Gazette's You Pick 'em football game, sponsored by River Sportsbook. To play, go to dailygazette.com slash football and make your picks before the first game kicks off each week. If you have the most weekly points, you earn a $100 gift card to ShopRite. Play every week and you can win the grand prize of $1,000. Play the Daily Gazette's You Pick 'em football game, sponsored by River Sportsbook, at dailygazette.com slash football. Back on the Party Shots podcast, I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott, along with Union Beat Writer Mike McAdam. The Union Women's Hockey Team begins ECAC Hockey Play Friday when it hosts fifth rank and national power Clarkson at Messer Rink. Union Women's Head Coach Josh Skiba met with reporters on Wednesday to talk about the game and explain why Saturday's contest against St. Lawrence was postponed. You know, obviously the result last night, and then you, know, you got a couple days off, you know, not playing over the weekend, and then moving into conference by now. You know, I think we, we've had a lot of time to practice. Uh, we've had a lot of time to put into some different situations for, for our group, and I think it's been good having some, some time off for our girls to reflect on, in terms of how we've been playing and um, how we can continue to build to get better. But I think, you know, coming off last night, I thought we started the game well. Um, you know, the first 10 minutes of game, I thought we were, we were you know, 0-0 through, through 10 minutes of play, and I thought we were uh, able to play with them, be able to compete, and I thought we, we had a great chance to, to score that first goal and, and take advantage of some opportunities. Um, you know, I thought the, the difference in the game last night was probably the second period. We took some penalties. Um, they scored a couple goals. I thought we, we stood by and kind of watched them um, dictate a lot of the play in the second period, which made a big difference. Um, and I thought we were a little bit better in the third. So, um, you know, I think ultimately like we, we want to come and be more prepared and be a little bit more confident in, in who we are as a team and how we can play. Uh, going into uh, into Friday because I think uh, you know honestly it's it's the big difference for our team right now is um, we're going through a lot of experiences we're getting some scoring chances and now for our group that that is a hard-working group it's just really having this the belief and the self-confidence to be able to go and make plays and finish opportunities and, and really believe ultimately that we can have success Josh Clarkson has been the class of this league for several years now winning national championships getting the frozen four championship game last year what do you have to do to even have a shot at you know, winning, staying with them and pulling off an upset. Yeah, you know, one thing I appreciate about our group is that when we play top opponents, you know, the Clarksons, the BUs, and, and our kids see that ranking by uh, by their name, I think they're ready and they're prepared to come play. And I know that we're going to get a confident group coming Friday um, to the rank and, and ready to battle, ready to compete. I think for a group like Clarkson, though, um, someone that has had success, I mean, certainly a group that you're trying to emulate every day in terms of how they prepare, how they play, um, how they compete, and how consistent they are as a group. But I think for us is just, you know, we really have to make sure that, that we get the best from everybody. We have to make sure that we're taking care of the puck. We've got to limit turnovers. We've got to be strong defensively. We've got to take pride in our special team situations, and hopefully we've got to take an opportunity to score a first goal. You know, we want to try and challenge them uh, to play from behind. 
It was announced Tuesday that uh, Saturday's game against St. Lawrence has been moved to January, late January. What was the reasoning behind that? Yeah, so I think first and foremost, I mean, we, we want to send our best to, to the DePirio family. Um, you know, we had an unfortunate passing of, uh, of Rachel's father, um, and our team is actually going to take an opportunity on Saturday to attend uh, his funeral. So um, our team's really, you know, going through a tough time. They're, they're hurting. Um, it's been a tough, tough week, and I think uh, tough news coming from, from a teammate and, and a family that, um, you know, we really value, and it's been a big part of, of who we are here at Union. So, um, you know, it's, I, I think we really want to thank um, St. Lawrence and, and for being gracious enough to, to really delay that game to January and um, something that we feel is important for our group to, to be at. And, Coach, it's tough regardless of how you look at it, but how, how hard is it on, on your end being that leader to try to mold that but also know, okay, we have a game to play against a, a power team like Clark? Yeah, I think I think the week is lined up nicely with our, you know, we played uh, last night on Tuesday, and I think it's almost eliminated some of the distractions that we could have felt from an event like that. It's a tragic event, um, and we've really tried to share the message with our group that hey, we're we're here to be able to to lend our confidence and hope and and give it to someone who needs it the most in in this time of difficulty, right? So. Um, we really want to just be strong for, for her and her family and really use it as some inspiration to drive our team together and, and hopefully use it as a rallying cry to play against teams like this, to play against a top team like Clarkson on Friday that, um, again, we can inspire someone that's not able to be with us over the course of the weekend. Well, first of all, Mike, our condolences to Rachel DePiro and her family. That's a very difficult situation. Absolutely. And, and it's just, you know, it breaks your heart and it's, you know, for obviously something like that, there's no such thing as good timing. But you're talking about a kid who's juggling college and schoolwork and all those things at the same time. It was tough enough of a challenge as it is, but then to have something like this happen as well, I mean, our hearts go out to her and, and her family. And her uh, being a senior too, it's it's really right. tough. So, so uh, like I said, our condolences to Rachel and uh, her family. Uh, the game will be played as a uh, Josh Schmidt said January 28th at Messer Rink. As far as Friday's game is concerned, let's let's be blunt, Mike. Union's going to be fortunate to hang with Clarkson. I mean, the Golden Knights have won three NCAA hockey titles, reached the Frozen Four final last year, five and one and two so far this season. Union 0 6 to one, and having just scored five goals in those seven games while allowing 28. I just yeah. if if Union gets a goal, that they might just be happy. Yeah, and you know, uh, and not having been privy to Josh's um, press conference this week, but I know from having talked to them uh, leading into games like this, certainly specifically Clarkson over the last few seasons, I think they kind of take a philosophical approach that. Um, when you play against a team like this, it's you have to use it as a learning experience uh, to some degree. Yeah, you know, you're always trying to win because otherwise you shouldn't be doing this sort of thing. But it, it, under the circumstances, it, it can be a, something, a, a useful game for them moving forward, no matter what the score is, if they kind of like hang with them a little bit and, and kind of just glean some of, uh, you know, what a, what a tremendous team like this, how, how they operate and, and do business. And could be something that uh, not necessarily that you could replicate as you know obviously it's going to come down to talent as as usual but um just to kind of see firsthand what really good successful winning teams do and how they do it and, and go about their business is not a bad thing to see that firsthand you not to say clarkson is you know clarkson last week, a couple weekends ago i believe they, um, they played the lindenwood a team you also play and they played in a one-one tie up at What's that all about? I know. <laughs> I was chatting with Cap Carey from the Watertown Daily Times uh, 
uh, on Facebook uh, recently, and, and we just he was discussing that Clarkson's not as maybe not as good as this year, and took they're taking some teams lightly because the next day they they crushed them and went seven nothing. So in this game, you never know. You have to play the game. So we'll see what happens uh, Friday night at Messer Rink. Uh, coming up, we'll answer your questions about Union hockey. You're listening to the Party Shots podcast, available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Parting Shots podcast is brought to you by Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Download it today. Available for iOS and Android in your app store. Back on the Parting Shots podcast, and it's uh, mailbag time, Mike. And uh, you know who has always a question for us? Harvey Our guy, Vegas. Harvey. Yes. Uh, he's asking uh, comments about Zach's recent performance in the locker room and on the ice. Uh, Harvey would like to see him get some recognition in the interview room. You better do a better job of that, Mike. If you're gonna... <laughs> hey, you know, I requested him last year, and he was already dressed and out the, uh, you know, away from the rink. So, that, you know, it, it wasn't for lack of trying. <laughs> but the other thing is that he'd like to see uh, Zach with an A on his chest. I don't know if they're going to put it to give yeah, the players A's. No, I don't know about that. I, I will know that he did act in that, capa- on a, that capacity unofficially because um, – after the Saturday game question was posed, you know, they apparently they I don't know if it was an actual team meeting or whatever, but they there was something that the players kind of got together that Darian Hansen, the goalie, um, you know, chose uh, politely not to really give a lot of detail about. But it did come out that um, Zach was one of the players that spoke up in the room. Um, I think I don't know if it was Saturday morning. It might have been not necessarily after the game on Friday. And whatever he said, it worked. So um, it, whether he has an A on his jersey or not, certainly um, uh, served in that capacity to, to a large degree and, and probably had a lot to do with how they played on Saturday. Yeah. Harvey's also commenting about the Ferris line with Zach and Josh Kosak on the wings mm-hmm. has been the most effective uh, four-checking line and cycling in the Ozone for Union. Yeah, and, and that's a, that was my observation as well. Um I joked earlier about Union trying out a Halloween costume as a winning hockey team, but another one that they tried on Saturday was Pack of Wolves, um, which is a, a phrase that Union has used a lot in the last few years, but I haven't heard it brought up once this year. But if you look at the shot chart, which I tweeted out from the first period, there's all kinds of numbers in front of the net and in the circles and around the dots, and I see a bunch of 13s and 27s and 25s in there and those are the that's the ferris line right there with the mail phone and and uh cossack so uh that's you know, that's <laughs> what they have to do and that's how they have to do it um okay. now in the second okay. period of that game um it was a vastly different uh shot chart but that was directly due to uh, rpi really stepping up their block shocking they they had 11 block shots in the second wow. period just wow. outrageous all right. Well, thank you, Harvey. And uh, if you like to submit questions of, like like Harvey does, you can uh, or a comment, you can email them to me at shot. That's s c h o t t at dailygazette.com. You can look for my weekly ECAC hockey faceoff selections at dailygazette.com slash sports slash parting shots. You can participate in the faceoff selections by emailing your picks to me at shot at dailygazette.com. My picks are up there now, and uh, I picked Union to sweep this weekend. What do you think? You got a lot of guts. <laughs> no, I, I do have a lot of guts. I'm only yeah. kidding. I'm a, well, you, yeah, there's a lot of that going around. But um, 
Oh, I'm not going to make a prediction yeah. even this weekend because okay. this team is just like you can't, you know, they're they're not hard to read right now, but they're hard to trust. Yeah. Now, let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, on Monday, we'll have a special edition of the Party Shots podcast previewing the Siena and Albany basketball seasons. We'll have the coaches of all the teams on that, so be sure to listen. And that wraps another edition of the uh, Party Shots podcast. My thanks, Mike McGadden, for coming on. Mike, we'll do it again next week. I'll be here. Thanks All right. For me. Okay, we'll look back at the Canisius games. Look ahead to the uh, Clarkson and St. Lawrence games next weekend. The Party Shots podcast is brought to you by Trophy Case, the app created for athletes by athletes. Download it today. Available for iOS and Android users in your app store. The Party Shots podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe today. Follow us on social media. I'm at Slapshots on Twitter and Instagram, and Mike is on Twitter at Mike underscore McAdam. The views expressed on the Party Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. The Party Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers, and for Mike McAdam, I'm, like I said, I'm Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Good day, good hockey.